Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Everyone, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Today, uh, we get to chat with author, educator, and playwright Kimberly Vera Kinney about her first installment of her new Brave Girls collection. We like that. We like to hear about mm-hmm. Brave Girls. And yes. uh, the first book is called Artemis Spark and the Sound Seekers Brigade. It is publishing on World Wetlands Day, which is February 2nd, 2023. And it'll be out through Fitzroy Books and Regal House. And I encourage you to go to Kimberly's website, which is, oh boy, Kimberly, you're going to have to pronounce it all for everybody because the spelling and the pronunciation, you know, we're, we're going to have an English-French lesson here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-B-E-H-R-E-K-E-N-N-A.com. Okay. So it's... it's the Kine, is that is where, where where does that come from? What what I'm not, you know, the stories are so mixed. Some people say it used to be Kana, A-U-G-H. Some people oh. say it used to be A-Y and they took the A. I mean, it's just no matter oh, who wow. you ask in the family, you'll get a, a varying story. So I can't give you the truth on that. I don't know. That's cool. Well, it's cool. I, I love it though. You know, it's, Hey, listen, my last name is Smith. So it's very rare when someone gets it wrong or gives me any kind of, you know, excitement about my name, but, um, but really your book, uh, Nancy's been reading it. I've started reading mm-hmm. it. And I think this is so important about youth and connecting them with the natural world. And then not only connecting with them, but then becoming protectors. And obviously your educator mm-hmm. background definitely is in that book too. Oh, for uh, sure. so yeah. Tell us a little bit about what got you started to write, you know, these books. So I was a fifth grade teacher and we taught um, the ecology of Long Island Sound. So mm-hmm. we would bring the fifth graders to the salt marsh um, right close to us. And there are trails and we'd hike the trails and we'd use binoculars and take notes in our journals and draw pictures. And and the kids were just totally enamored with the place, just as I was and always have been. Um, So I, I, I really loved seeing the passion of kids when they would get into nature and and just connect with it. Like my shyest kids would all of a sudden light up and talk. Mm -hmm. Talk, talk, talk. It was just very interesting the impact nature had on them. So when I finally decided to leave the classroom and go back to school for writing and write full time, I continued my hikes as I do now. And in the salt marsh one day, I heard a little whisper in my ear, and it was a girl named Artemis, 12 years old. And I was leaping forward and making the connections with my students and with other kids I'd worked with in other ways and myself being in the salt marsh right then and looking around and thinking what would happen if this weren't here because the salt marsh for Artemis as as and the shoreline in general for me growing up and even now is a real sanctuary for her and so that the story started that way And I also drew on some other classroom activities that we had. Uh, For instance, when we would study ecology, we would would research and learn about 
some ecologists that might not have been scientists or environmentalists that might not have been scientists. For instance, um, Simon Rodia, who built the Watts Towers and used it all recycled stuff to build them. And he didn't even speak English. And these are still in Los Angeles. I believe they're still oh, preserved okay. there. Um, so just thinking about, you know, nature and preserving things and Simon Rodia was um, trying to make his community, bring his community get together with these towers to give them something to be proud of. All of these kinds of people, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, uh, Ding Darling made cartoons. He was a Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonist that, that had very satirical cartoons about nature. Um, just, all kinds of people, including, you know, Rachel Carson and people you would expect. Mm -hmm. so they would, so they would, they would, they would research those, we would, and ultimately they would each choose somebody and they would have to imperson, they would have to write a monologue written in that person's perspective. They would become that person. They would do debates. They would make a team and decide, okay, how can we use these strategies from these ecologists? to save some problem in our, or to fix some problem in our area today. So it's how does the past influence the present? They were really, you know, stepping into the shoes of the past and using what they learned to try and figure out what might help save our sound, our, our mm. sound. So well, I transferred all those, those all are in the story basically, because Artemis conjures up the spirits of ghosts and those ghosts leave her clues about what to do. And um, it just proceeded pretty organically from the way I taught. It's interesting because it's also kind of a coming of age story where she starts to think for herself. You mm -hmm. know, that's something I, you know, it's like, you know, her mom's going through a divorce, has a boyfriend on the, in the hotel on the sound, you know? <laughs> and so she's having to balance all of that in the communication with her mom, but at the same time, how, how do you know, how do I get my goal to my goal? Mm -hmm. Which, and, and I think fifth grade's interesting because even fourth grade, mm. I know we have this program in the country where kids can go to parks for free, like national parks and things like that, because it's that age group. And then the fifth grade is just right, you know, a step above. So mm -hmm. they're able to take that excitement and start to do something. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's an interesting age, you know, for people yes, to get involved. That. But Nancy, you're reading it. You're an adult. I mean, you know, I think this could really? be for adults too. Well, Absolutely. I, Actually, it is. It's one of those books I'll finish, even though it was meant for a different age group. That I, if, yeah, I wish I had it when Lisa was growing up hmm. because I would have given it to her to read and she would have loved it because hmm. she was such an outdoorsy kid, um, you know, growing up in, in parts of Africa and she was always playing with something in the garden. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm bringing something into the house that you're like, uh oh, you know, <laughs> but it, so I think um, this is going to appeal to lots and lots of kids. And I'm glad that, that you chose to make uh, it about a young girl instead of a boy. Not, not that that would have been anything wrong with that, but just because. Girls don't usually like to pick up creepy crawly things. <laughs> I like that she she does. 
She definitely does. Yeah. Uh And also girls are, I just read a a study the other last couple of weeks that in middle grade books, I, that girls are still only the protagonists in 24% of them and the rest and then 60, 60 something for boys. And then there's sometimes dual protagonists and the rest are, you know, 60, 70, 80, like 15% dual. But don't quote oh. the numbers, but the, the 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 minority of protagonists are female. And wow. even in adults, I mean, the women are always falling down over a tree trunk in high heel shoes if they're running from someone. They're always yeah. running in high heels and falling, you know, come on. And I'm like, come on, we don't all fall down. You right. know, it's, it, then we can't kick butt back, you know. So I think you're you're right on that. And for young girls to feel empowered and we're in a in a climate where there's more support maybe for mm-hmm. that to support the girls who want to be tomboys. And I was a tomboy for sure. It's like mm-hmm. you did, but the, and I battled with actually, when I think about my whole childhood, I was, there was, well, my best friend, like Melissa, she was like me. And and so there's some like that, but most of the girls were more into princesses and girly stuff. So, oh, makeup, there's, it, yeah. so yeah, all of that stuff that, we didn't really care like we did for a day yeah. and then we did things to our dolls that nobody like, wanted to see i bought lisa one of those heads those heads oh. so she could put makeup on and do the hair it took 10 minutes and she shaved the well she i gave it well, a mohawk and i made it, it a, a mohawk she oh. became a punk but <laughs> in my defense we just moved to england it was the height of the punk era and so I saw what was going on. I'm like, no, she's like, not going to uh, look like that. We're making her into a punk. And that freaked out the family. And I, I'm like, no, well, come on. It's cool. Oh, so I funny. put like a, a safety pin in her ear and everything. It was cool. <laughs> but in, but that's the thing I, I wonder about for girls to be able to have something where the inner naturalist and also to inspire mm-hmm. women to become naturalists. What do you, what do you think about that side of it for Artemis? Definitely. Definitely. I agree. It wasn't in my head when I was writing the book and, but certainly I thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. More in my head was the fact that I just, I, I am a girl and I relate to girls that way. So the character came to me as a girl, mm-hmm. uh, but I hope that Artemis uh, I, and I believe both Artemis and Warren, her um, best mm-hmm. buddy in the book, both have um, traits that aren't traditionally male or female. Um, they have, they're multifaceted characters. Mm. Uh, you know, I just don't think that whole classification thing is going on so much these days. Mm. And so I hope that both characters would appeal to all kinds of kids. They definitely both have their own individuality. I think you did a really good job on that. Because you do pick up books where, okay, here's a 15-year-old boy, and he's going to do this, 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 and every time he does that, he says that, and you get those kind of books. You really do. So this is a, a way more thought in it, uh, and I really like that, because as an adult, I'm going to finish it. Oh, thanks. Me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Me too. T- yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, the sound, and, you know, when you think about everybody in, in People may think that you, this is all in Connecticut, right? So that we should bring that up. And yeah. and hey, you know what? We don't get to read that much from Connecticut either. I'm just going to no, bring we that don't. up. Well, How often is that? Yeah. 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 It's definitely based on um, 
places I've been and places I've grown up. Um, I, I spent most of my life in Connecticut within, you know, close contact with the shore. Uh, so definitely it comes from that. But I mean, I, there, there have been plenty of business trips that I, I had to go on with my husband to places that had beaches. So, um, you know, the, those played in my mind as well. Um, all inspiring, all inspiring. Mm -hmm. This, this. What? A sound is also really interesting because you start getting in that crossover into freshwater, salt water, and that to mm -hmm. me, we really need to protect these areas. And a lot of times they get polluted. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I also I, I love that part of you know looking at what are we doing in regards to building and tourism and our you know that's what we do on our Love Your Parks tours. Look at it's great to have a hotel, but how is that hotel running? It's great to go on a cruise ship, but are are we dumping our stuff into the ocean? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's a floating city, no matter how you look at it. And there's smaller cruise lines that do better things. So, you know, people have options. Okay. We can vote with our dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, really, we uh -huh. can make those decisions. And I think that's something too to look at, um, you know, as kids going on family vacations, maybe they can look at it, reading this going, okay, where are we staying? I wonder how, how are you being kind to those that I care about as a kid? That's and right. Later, an adult. Mm -hmm. That's right. And mm -hmm. and as in well, as the book suggests in one scene, you know, if 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 the tides keep coming in and the the salt marsh gets destroyed, and mm -hmm. what happens to landowners who own the land nearby? You know, it just mm -hmm. floods in the the salt mm -hmm. marsh protector, as well as being the source of of nutrients for all kinds of creatures and plants. It's, it's a protector for the land around it. So. Mm -hmm. And the waterfowl, you know, yeah. and, and oh, you for also sure. think there's areas now um, you've got to think about like in the Gulf of Mexico where people have built up on the shoreline, a hurricane comes and yeah. there's a big movement to make that shoreline area uh, more into an, uh, like a national recreation area mm -hmm. so that, well, because we have to do that kind of thing to get people on board. We can't just be a refuge. We have to be able to use it too, right. um, to kind of create this buffer so that it actually protects the homeowners and, you know, the businesses and, you know, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So if we have this buffer, I mean, that that's a natural thing that nature has given us. Mm -hmm. And if we let it be, when hurricanes come, we're not going to get it as bad in, you know, as if you're there and we've done... I mean, I remember even in the San Diego coastline, Nancy, how many people would get building right on the bluffs of the coast. And, and, then the and it was eroding. Down the bluff. They were falling down and the Sierra Club would go, hey, people, you need to it's think like, about hello. selling your land and moving and people would get upset about it. But the reality is every year here it would come. Oh, we're mm -hmm. sinking. We're eroding. Well, my house fell you know, off I'm not cliff. trying to be mean, but I'm just saying, you know, we have to but have these balances for nature. It's, it's yeah. interesting because those homes were built with permits oh. given hmm. many years I, ago. The engineers, he said it was safe. Years ago, though, yeah. So, you know, I would just say to anybody that wants to build their house on a cliff overlooking the ocean, you better get more than one engineer because it's changing from what we what we witnessed it's not safe mm. 
Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, we live right near the water and around here, there are all kinds of laws. Mm. You would have to really have to jump through hoops um, for people to to do things. Um, mm. So, and, oh, and, often, and often they're turned down when they apply. Okay. So you really have to be careful. And I, I mean, that's the responsibility mm-hmm. you have if you live near the water. Mm-hmm. Really got to watch what you put on your grass and in your plants and, you know, what mm-hmm. the soil and, you know, it's not just throwing a paper cup on the beach. It's there's yeah. a whole big, a whole big lot of things you got to think of. A ripple effect. Yeah, it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Every action true. creates a ripple effect. And and that's, that's the other thing too with climate change. You know, being a kid now has got to be scary in a, in a lot of ways, right? And even for parents and, you know, thinking about, okay, how do I tell my kids it's safe, safe to go to school? Like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird time frame for, for kids. It is. It and, is. Um, and it's important to, to talk about and, and, but I think the role of writers and what you're doing is giving these kids some empowerment to to do versus sit back and be fearful. That's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. And that's exactly why I wrote this and why I'm writing mm-hmm. the way I write other books as well is to empower, but also to give hope. And mm-hmm. you're right. I think it's, it's a scary time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, 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 it's not like kids aren't afraid. They are afraid. So those things do need to be discussed in books. You know, I mean, I think there's a, a good balance that can be made. You have to have a little hope. You have to show some um, ways of becoming empowered to kids through the story. And it just, as you brought up, Lisa, it's it's a great way to open a discussion about mm-hmm. what's going on because we've got to talk about it. Mm. Oh, we do, for sure. Ooh. So what about book clubs? You know, we're always thinking of book clubs and it's ladies sitting around drinking tea or, or sherry or wine. Or wine. And, right. I'll go for the wine. You know, we do. Um, but, you know, for kids, do you see book it's clubs book being, club. I mean, like a, a book club, maybe even parents and kids together with authors discussing these things and even using it as a community? Because you talk about the brigade, which I love, because it means teamwork. Yes. And that means mm-hmm. you're not trying to save the world on your own. You don't have to ha- carry the world on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You can do this with your friends. You know, some aren't going to be part of it, but some will. So that's another whole skill set to learn at that age is teamwork and, and delegation and working together and, you know, all of that. And, and you're going to win some, lose some, and it's easier to win mm-hmm. uh, together. It's more fun. But if you lose, at least you have solace together. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I think I love that part. So the well, book club, team, more, more. I would love to see yeah. family book clubs these days. Yeah, that would I, be awesome. I think they're like the mother daughter ones, like you mentioned, or, you mm-hmm. know, parent child or whatever. Um, but I do love the idea of a community read um, mm-hmm. community group. And, and, you know, one of the things with the whole feeling sort of hopeless and scared um, yeah, your voice is just one voice. I'm saying it, you know, to a child, mm-hmm. your voice is just one small voice, but one way, and even to an adult that's feeling de- despair. When when you join voices, the power of joined voices is just supreme. I mean, that's that that mm-hmm. will help with the despair. And like you mm-hmm. said, Lisa, if if things don't work, you know, failure does happen. 
um, you you have you have people to buoy you up, you know, if you're part of a group, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that idea. And failure yeah. leads to success because you have to look, mm-hmm. okay, what went wrong? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can I do next time? And she starts off. I mean, your book starts off with that. Yeah. It's yeah. The very beginning of her being mm-hmm. scared about speaking and how yeah. to, you know, that, and, and as a kid, I mean, oh gosh, we just did an interview yesterday. Yeah. I was talking about how I was the most fearful public speaker to even say who I am. You would mm-hmm. never believe it, but it's really true. The sweaty mm-hmm. palms, all of it. And, um, I think as kids, you you have that. And when you get behind something that you really love, it helps you move past uh, self-confidence issues. That's get true. beyond. Yeah, yeah. If you're passionate about the subject, then it's a lot easier than, okay, do this book report and you didn't even read the book, you know? Give <laughs> right. a report mm-hmm. you're all like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was the same way as a kid and even as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for me sometimes, except if I'm teaching or talking about teaching mm-hmm. kids, you know, that's easier because I'm passionate about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. If it's in your heart, it does yeah. help step up and step up to the plate really. And, mm-hmm. and, and speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I want, I want people to know about too, again, this comes out at world wetlands day, very important day Love around that. the world. I mean, that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a global initiative. And I mean, Nancy and I can talk about wetlands till the cows come oh, home, having yeah. lived in different places, Kenya. I mean, we mm-hmm. talk about this on the show a lot. Um, you know, in Nancy in, in Kenya in the seven, late seventies, when we were there, Nancy worked with Joy Adamson, Elsa, the lion born free, all that good stuff mm-hmm. in the bush. And Nancy, I mean, we have a storage unit in Tucson. We were telling you about before, you know, we were, you know, you know, that's, we have a little storage unit and it's really Nancy's uh, artwork, which is a wildlife artist and slides and showing Kenya back in the Over day. The basically. Years. And even mm-hmm. when we were there, we, at that time, we were still losing uh, huge parts of species because of the, you know, the, the last of the mm-hmm. great white hunter and poaching mm-hmm. and things. Well, in, however, the change in the environment, the change of the environment. So wetlands would be massive for biodiversity. You could go to a wetland, a watering hole, as we'd call them. Mm. You'd Mm. see crocodiles. You would see, you know, all kinds of antelope, like impalas and zebras. You'd see giraffe. You would see wildebeest, eland. You would see, and then all the birds, marabou storks. I mean, you could see 30 to 50 species at one time. All at one time. I mean, 30 to 50 species. You have to look because there's turtle. I call them turtles. Yeah. It's a cross between a tortoise and a turtle, right? It's just a thing. It'll never leave me, but, um, and then there's the bugs and, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think about the plant biodiversity because the plant life is not there. The animal life is not, and you need the animal poo to make the plants. And so all of this stuff happens. So if you look mm-hmm. at it, we, we've got to do something with her, her slides to show true biodiversity, mm-hmm. even when it wasn't at its best. And if you compare it to now, you know, I, we, we know friends who've just come back from Kenya and Africa, like, oh my gosh, we saw the wildebeest migration. I can guarantee you, look at their photos and you compare them to what mm-hmm. we experience in Nancy's. It's night and day. Yeah, it's night like and day. 20 species in one slide, oh, wow. different animals. Today, they'll have maybe one or two. Or five, if you're lucky. If a couple birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the diversity has really changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and which drought. is sad. And drought is been sad. a really massive thing too. And drought, mm. yes, sometimes there's natural drought and cycles, right? 
-hmm. like right now as we talk and record that California is going through this huge flooding but it's going to help the drought and it's really devastating for people in their homes I mean and it is and we have friends in it Crazy. right now um mm -hmm. on the other hand nature's taking her solace but as we play with the climate change mm -hmm. these these places we do we're gonna we're swinging we're going drought flood drought flood you know mm -hmm. so I think again like going back to your book it's like the wetlands I love that you're standing up for the wetlands that your book is coming out on world wetlands so day important because it really they are key to actually all these other like mm -hmm. without the wetlands without the sounds then even the beaches don't work and the ocean doesn't right. work the rivers don't work so that's mm -hmm. that in-betweener zone but um, your book, I know, are part of the proceeds of your book going to an organization, Save the Sound? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Save the Sound, it has a, a place in my heart because um, of all they do for um, the shoreline around here and in New York. Well, not just the shoreline, the shoreline, uh, water, air, and land is, is mm -hmm. what they dedicate themselves to, preservation, conservation, and restoration. Mm -hmm. And um, my fifth graders at one point made magazines and sold them and, and gave the money to save the sound. So, oh, nice. We love that. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been, they're just amazing and, um, they're local, they're right, you know, in New Haven. Um, and I just, I just, I'm very, very connected with them mission wise. Cool. Cool. And I want to give, and hopefully we'll get them back on a show with you at this, mm -hmm. you know, to come back on awesome. our nature. We do a third Friday nature connection show that, I mean, it's, 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 it's gone off the hook. Let's it's gone crazy. Like how it, we're doing so much on it. Um, so everyone save the sound.org is the website for the organization. Cause we want to give them mm -hmm. a shout out. Uh, so, yeah. So I heard that there's more coming in this collection, the brave girls collection this mm. year. So cool. I go from one to the next, like immediately. Yeah, I didn't expect it to happen so fast, but I do have oh. the second one coming August 3rd of this year. Um, oh. Jet Jameson and the Secret Storm, another brave girl um, ha having to uh, deal with some uh, inner challenges as well as oh. some outer challenge app challenges having to do with book censorship um and yeah i i just i'm so excited to have both these girls come to fruition within six cool. months of each other. oh this is excellent this, this is nice excellent. i like so it. can you give us a sneak peek a little bit more of the next one or do we have to wait oh no um well the the big the big sort of topic you know we were talking about difficult topics the the topic that uh jet jameson uh, will provide a lot of discussion about is trauma, childhood oh. trauma. And uh, there are several middle grade books lately, and even more this coming out this year, that have to do with um, sexual harassment, abuse, um, uh, you know, domestic violence. Uh, it's all just becoming more common, thank God, goodness, because we need to talk about these things with kids. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a it's a very you do it with a delicate balance. Um, th there's no graphic details at all, right. um, but there's hope. There's humor. Um, the characters in the book uh, sort of soften the edges around the more difficult topics. But that is a book that is very close to my heart, and 
I believe um, I would love to see that one in book clubs, Lisa. It, mm, yeah. to that. Um, it's just something that people really need to, to, to start talking to kids about. And mm-hmm. I think they're doing better at it. I think they are doing better that with that in, mm-hmm. in schools or some schools that I've heard of. Um, but hopefully these books that are, are coming out from various authors that are uh, choosing to include these topics in their stories will help all of this. I think I want the all children in, for sure. Yeah, the kids, because the sometimes, kids, you know, you don't know what situation you don't know where in. to go, what to do. You know, and they may get your book in a school library mm-hmm. or, you know, get it yeah. on Amazon or whatever. And Kindle, I mean, kids have access to things that they didn't have, you know, when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And if they have that and they can read it and go, oh, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. alone. Yes. Yeah. Number one. You're not alone. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. And I think that's a very big lesson mm-hmm. to learn, especially if you're in a really bad place, a bad mm-hmm. circumstance, mm-hmm. and to understand that there's a way out. There's always a way out. Of everything, mm-hmm. even climate change, right? There's a way out. Well, yeah, and yeah. Kids to know that there are places they can reach out to, and mm-hmm. people and adults that mm-hmm. are ready to help you. Um, yeah, and 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 again, if the book is shared with an adult, it's it's even richer mm-hmm. because um, it it's it's the book can provide a safe place for kids to experience maybe what they haven't experienced. Maybe their friend they think their friend is acting really odd. And, and we shouldn't prejudge that because you never know what a, another kid's story is. And mm-hmm. I think the books that I've written, I hope that they bring that out. Let's not mm-hmm. prejudge. Let's wait until we know the story if that person chooses to tell their story. And um, it's a way for a child either, as you said, to feel that they're not alone or it's a way for a child to learn more and to develop empathy for these kids that are in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't know that they're in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another part of it. You know, it's like, you know, you're, you're, it doesn't feel right, obviously, but you yes. don't, you know what I mean? You can be brainwashed. And I mean, don't, that's a whole other, don't even start me. That's a whole <laughs> other show. Yeah, it goes either topic. way. You think everybody's like that? All families are going through the same thing, or you think you're the only one? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so you're such, two opposites. Such a, cl- a good point, though. It's especially I think people it's in my generation that had childhood trauma and didn't face it till they were an adult because they didn't know. I mean, now things are coming out mm-hmm. and people are speaking, and we've got um, a lot of people coming to the forefront, whether they're authors or other people that are willing to speak publicly about it. But you're right. Some mm. some children may just believe and hope to believe that everybody's like that. Everybody's in this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it it goes back to the environment too. You're mm-hmm. not taking away the trauma, but it goes back to the environment because yeah, you could be in a family who really doesn't care about it. I mean, what's it like mm-hmm. to be a kid and and love the birds? RT. Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought that was really funny. Twitter and tweets and RTs. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Um, but I you like could it. love, you know, this mm-hmm. certain area and your own family could be out there killing it or what, you know what I mean? Doing things. And now you have, you know, so there's that whole balance. And so, yeah, it's, um, these things have to be talked about. I think that's the way to do it. And, and a book can mm-hmm. help you a book, you know, kids add their own imagination into a book. 
Mm -hmm. They're able to co-create the words and see and visualize themselves. So it's, it's a very private reading is so private. And that's such a beautiful thing, you know, beautiful, I can say it, but it is, I mean, to me, it is, it's a beautiful thing to go through that. But the other thing that I think was interesting, because you like Nancy and I were both saying you're an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. And I think your, your characters come to life. So in, in just like, wow. And the scene, I wonder, like, I know you've, you've written a full play. So did that, does that help you to write for kids and be able to, because you can't overwrite a play. Yes. Well, my, actually, my studies were uh, in playwriting and then second, mm. second focus was fiction. So I had to write a full length play for my thesis. And that was, a I, uh, I guess it was an adult. It could have gone YA, but I didn't do anything with it. And the playwriting all came about because I wrote plays with my fifth graders and we they would bring all that knowledge that I just explained to you previous in our mm -hmm. conversation and write a story about it and then perform it on stage. So with with a play, though, it does. You asked if it in, in, informed my fiction writing and it really does, because when I was writing plays or when I was studying playwriting, I had a wonderful mentor. And uh, she said to me, even if you don't continue writing plays, this is going to help you so much writing dialogue and mm -hmm. learning about keeping your words spare. In other words, not not using a bunch of jargon and, you know, get to the point, write it. You know, if it's descriptive, that's fine. But write what you need and don't overdo it. And especially mm -hmm. with dialogue, it really did help me with that. Mm, that's awesome. That's and I awesome. Also I toy. I I have a couple of you know short plays that I'm sort of fiddling with for kids. So I might go back to that. I don't know. See, mm. that's a good. I mean, you could do even something with Artemis, like create that into like a mm -hmm. play, and with kids, then it becomes like if they had the book and a play and a discussion with the play, like mm -hmm. that just brings it all home. Like, and then then there's Netflix and Hulu. I'm just saying, I mean, this could go on and on, you know, but you can see, mm -hmm. I love the Brave Girls. I just really love that name and that mm -hmm. it's a collection because it could go anywhere. And yeah. I think girls would just, I, I see it being something where once you, I mean, when you're, when you're at that age, when you start really reading and you start really, I mean, you, you eat books mm -hmm. literally as kids and, and adults, but as, once you start getting into it, I can see just. You're, you're going to want like a full on collection. And then if it comes on the screen and then, you know, I'm just saying, get on with it. You know, when I was growing up, the Nancy Drew mystery series. Yes, I that's had exactly to get it. the next one. I had to. Yeah. Ooh, and the Hardy Boys. Yes. Yeah, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Yeah. yeah. Me oh, my gosh. It's I fun know. To think about for sure. It's fun mm -hmm. to think about. Well, you're you're the yeah. next one for girls to go through mm -hmm. things and and understand things and be empowered. I would love very it. cool, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you're a very inspiring writer, and everyone mm -hmm. again, February second, two thousand twenty three is the date, and you can get it now. Well, get it now by ordering online, right? So everyone goes to your website, you can pre order, and so it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this right. Oh, this boy. is my my language <laughs> test for the day. Go to KimberlyBarrettKenay.com. Did I get it? Excellent. Perfect. I read Good that. Good job. 
All right. And and also she's on social media. Uh, you're on Facebook, Instagram. Am I getting this? Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, Twitter. It's all on my website, though. Yeah, okay. Everyone go there. And I, I'm going to spell it out again. It's B-E-H-R-E and then K-E-N-N-A. So like you would say, Kenna, like I wanted to, but like that's not right. So there you go. Uh, but everyone keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. We hope to have uh, Kimberly back on the show and also talk more about the nonprofit that you're you're working with. I think what they're doing is fantastic. So again, everyone, that website is savethesound.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It was so fun. Good. I like that. 